Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Good evening, everyone. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online. This is the TS Radio Network, and tonight we are going to be talking about guardianship, but in a maybe hopefully a little more positive note than what we usually do. Um, our guest tonight is Marcia Southwick. She'll be coming on in just a minute. Right now, Cause is with us. Say hello, Cause. Hello. Long time no talk to you, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's been, what, 10 minutes? No. <laughs> and, and yesterday, I know, we're just hanging out all the time. I'm telling you. And, uh, but uh, things I think, you know, we keep bringing up this movie, but I think this actually brought a lot of this to the forefront. <laughs> Kaz, are you on oh, your speaker? I am. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you, but getting a lot of background noise. Just okay. moving around and stuff. Okay. And, uh, but, whoa. Okay, is this better? There. That's much better. Okay. Okay. There <laughs> we go. I'm, yeah. I'm driving while we're you, talking. You need, yeah, I think you need to be oiled. You sounded a little... <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, we... um. Uh, We've got so much going on that I really don't know where to start or end. I want to let everybody know uh, that this coming Monday night, uh, Chris from um, ASCA in Australia will be our guest. And this is, boy, I tell you, the lady's got guts because the last time we had him, we were doing regular shows with the Australians, and the police started showing up at their doors within minutes of the show ending, and breaking into their houses, taking their phones, their computers, everything, holding them in jail overnight, never charged them with anything, but just as a warning to shut up. Well, of course, she has not, and she got a, She did that Four Corners episode here about six months ago, and thanks to her, we got credited, and then she. they just did another one on 60 Minutes where she's featured in it, um, this lady is a fighter, and I look forward to having her back on the show again, but I just hope the cost of doing so isn't too too great. Um, but we yeah. work closely with them, and we've, we've got a lot of a lot of followers over there, because, I mean, a lot of followers. It would rival the yeah. audience here. And um, so wow. uh, whenever these people are ready or feel like they want to take the chance, you know, of course, we'll give them airtime. So anyway, our guest tonight, as I said, is Marcia Southwick. Now, I had the pleasure 
here uh, almost two years ago, uh, sharing a hotel room with her, Tanya Hathaway, <laughs> and Lisa Belanger. And we had a freaking ball. Um, <laughs> I was surprised we didn't get thrown out. We we had such a good time out at the summit. And um, uh, so, you know, and that's the last time I've gotten to see her. So to have her on tonight, I'm really excited about that. So, Marcia, say hello. Oh, thanks for having me. It's really, we did have fun in D.C. Oh, boy. That was yeah. uh, no, four, pe- four people in one hotel room with one four person snoring women. a lot. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was great. It was great. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I was. I, I got was to thinking, visit you in that room. That's right. Yeah, I forgot that. Uh huh. That was that uh-huh. was amazing. Yeah. That was. Well, I was thinking had- as 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 Marty was as I was talking to Marty the other day. I was just thinking how suddenly guardianship and conservatorship seem to be at the forefront more than it ever has yeah. been before. And I, I thought it'd be really interesting to try to see what it was that changed it, what what it was that uh, brought it to this kind of attention. I mean, now we have uh, Matt Gates going to the uh, Congress, you know, and wanting to have conservatorship hearing, conservatorship, I mean, a hearing about conservatorships, not just Brittany, but Brittany uh, Spears, but yeah. also the whole thing in general. And so how did we get here? We used to go to Congress. Nobody would say anything. Uh, you know, it was just very, very hard to get that far with the topic of guardianship and people losing their rights, et cetera. So, you know, I was oh, thinking that, probably... Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was thinking. Go ahead. <laughs> to my to my mind, it kind of start it started to really blow open with the New Yorker article. The New Yorker article, mm-hmm. for one thing, the New Yorker is na- a national magazine, and it's really like Eastern Board rich people who read that. And yeah. uh, I think there was a shock value to that article that really. Um, that really uh, caught the public eye. And then, you know, and then after that, it just seems, and right around the same time, uh, you know, Adam Walser is breaking news in Florida, uh, you know, and and just right. all of these. Then we had a five-part series in Albuquerque that blew the whole thing apart, and it ended up that um, two companies had stolen $11 million from awards, and wow. so, the, you know, that, yes, 11 million, but get this, then they had to give the wards of those companies, they were, they were caught buying Mercedes and, you know, a, uh, vacation yeah. homes in Angel Fire, New Mexico, and all this stuff. And so then they had to give the wards to another company. And the, after mm-hmm. all this is reported and everything, that next company robs them for $50,000. Oh, and they oh do God. it by opening by opening individual accounts in those people's names, and they get a four hundred dollars yes. bonus from Wells Fargo. I mean, yes. so that, you know that's that's pretty appalling. And then and then, see, then John well, Oliver gets then John Oliver gets on uh, TV talks about guardianship. That was a biggie, right? Yeah, uh-huh. I remember that. Yep. One. Remember that? That was yeah, really yep, that was awesome. And then what else do you think? Well, I think Parks, April Parks, was so uh, shocking 
That case was so shocking. And I think that people really, you really couldn't not look at that, especially when they found 27 uh, boxes of ashes in a storage unit that was auctioned off and it was hers. And, you know, things like that, the inhumanity just really came out. Uh, Well, and see, see, I still say these people are closet serial killers. And I think this with uh, April Parks and also with Rebecca Furley down in Florida who had the urns with the ashes on shelves in her office so she could see them. This this is trophy collecting like serial killers do. I don't see any difference. In, in these predatory guardians and what we have tagged as serial killers, they're doing the same thing. It's just a much slower process because they're busy plundering their assets and getting everything converted over. And then they give a DNR or do something else. And these people just serendipitously drop over dead. And I do, I think they are actually, and I think they are born this way. They are sociopathic. Uh, they don't have any feelings. They don't like you have empathy and sympathy and integrity and character and love and hate and all that. They don't have any of that. They're nothing. And so they it makes them able to prey on other people and, you know, to to cause such terrible pain and misery and it's do horrible. it again the next day. Yes. It's horrible. Yes. And, and one one detail that really got me in that. New Yorker article was there was a woman in there who who was uh, Rudy and Rennie North and met other people who were April Parks's uh, wards um, and you could tell them because they all wore only one or one shirt every day you know right. that kind of thing and then yeah so when she was on the stand she said to the judge you know she said I've always had a passion for guardianship. I care a lot about my clients. You know what the judge said? He said, what? Really? You charged your words for Christmas presents you gave them. They were scotch taping oh their shoes together, and they had nothing to eat. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. It's so, uh, I... Yeah. So, and, and then the other thing that she did, which is, and this is another reason why I think um, – the uh, the other case, I, I agree with you, Furley, was, I was going to bring her up. I think what's really terrifying is that we found out a couple things from that New Yorker study. We found out that 25% of guardianship petitions in New York were brought by hospitals and nursing homes to collect payments or to yeah, move huh? a patient. 25%. Yes. And April Parks had a, an arrangement. Oh, no. Uh, well, she was about to sign or she had signed before she was uh, gotten hold of a contract to work with six hospitals, six oh hospitals God. to make an arrangement that she be appointed guardian of people they needed to, you know, either remove from the hospital or, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people can't if they don't have someone right there. They need to move them out of the hospital or they need the money of the bed and they've got to get the person out or the person hasn't paid their bills. Last right. time I looked, there right. wasn't debtor's prison, but there is, you know. Yes. There's oh. another well, kind know, called uh, guardianship. Yeah, Furley, um, Angela Woodhall, and I don't know if Angela's still out there or not, um, had fought a long contested case on guardianship and – she had this was clear back in two thousand and 
what was it? I think it, 10, 2010. She had written two articles that are still in the history on PPJ. And mm-hmm. she basically called her out. And she pointed out that in 2007, she had been bankrupt, which precludes her from ever being a guardian, by according to Florida statutes at that time. I don't know if they've changed. <clears throat> but by 2010, she was a multimillionaire, and all she had done was guardianship. And <clears throat> excuse me. And she read her pedigree for her. And I mean, she was factual and well written. Within about two weeks, um, and, and I sent a copy of these emails to Nazca so they'd have them on file. This Nardella law firm, and this guy is a, not only an attorney but a pastor, uh, sent me emails and demanding that I take the articles down that I had libeled her and slandered her. And I said no. Wow. And they came back and they said that they had found, um, I think it was her mother, living in squalor. She was covered in urine and feces, starving to death and all this usual laundry list that they recite in probate with no evidence and never asked for any. And so I wrote them back and said, you have just libeled and slandered Miss Woodhall. And you have no evidence for the charges you're making. And I like it. they said, again, take it down. We'll give you 48 hours or something like that to take it down. And I said, no. And the thing was, in lieu of a lawsuit, and I wrote him back and said, you know, it's a Class C felony to threaten a lawsuit and not follow through. I'm not taking the article right. down. If you want to well, write something countering what she has written, I'll post it without editing. But you take the hits for that. And I said, uh, because if you make any of these un- unsubstantiated claims, you know, this could spell trouble for you. Well, I never heard from them again, and I, like I say, I never took the articles down. <laughs> but they knew in 2010 she was what she was doing, and she's run all these years, Marsha. Isn't that disgraceful? No how many, yes, how many people she robbed and then had taken out. Uh, over those years, I really don't know what the number is, but people complained about her for years. April Parks, the same thing. People yes. complained, complained, yes. complained, and um, she they caught her. That's another thing. Everything I'm reading and all the research I'm putting together for a series of articles I'm doing says mm-hmm. that they are supposed to um, have auditing of every case, and the judge is supposed to review that. And then they speak about how they don't have time and they don't have the financings. Well, why would you create a tribunal system that calls for these things and then not fund it? You know what I'm saying? Why would you leave them? And how Absolutely. could this possibly I mean, be that, that money? Right. Yeah. That, that means See, this that means you can just giggle. take over. I mean, that's yeah. the reason why there's so many plenary guardianships. That's why reason why there's so yeah. many temporary guardianships become permanent. Because it's just easier for them, yes. not for the ward, yeah, not for don't. the person who's being punished. But, I mean, it is a punishment yeah. to take someone's rights and throw them in a nursing home. It yeah. sure feels that way. That's not yeah. protection. Well, you know? it's, it, it is. And one of the articles, one of the first articles I'm going to be bringing out is about legal capacity and how through guardianship people lose their legal capacity, meaning they lose mm-hmm. their identity. They do not exist. Except right. as a thing, as an object, 
not as a human being. And how did they go about this process of doing it? And there's been several efforts in states like New York. I've got a lot on New York, Indiana, where they have tried mm-hmm. to tighten up these statutes. But the Bar Association mm-hmm. always finds a way around it. And I think that's one of the things that irritates me more than anything. This was all set up not by the guardians. They just take advantage of the situation. This was set up by attorneys and the judiciary. This is who put this all together. And this is who keeps all of this running. It's like I keep telling people, that man sitting up there behind the bench calling himself a judge most times is not. He's a a, a ministerial clerk or a hearing examiner masquerading as a judge. Yeah, magistrate. Not a judge. Or something. Yeah. And, yeah, some states have magistrates that are either elected or appointed, and but they are not judges of the law. They are administrators yeah. of the code and statute, and these were set up intentionally to void the Constitution. You're right. I read – oh, God, Marcia. I was on a page from the American Bar Association, the big one, and they're talking about yeah. guardianship, and they're – talking about how it, this is a wonderful system because it provides due process in what universe does that happen and how you know everything is done to make sure the protected person look up the word person see what it means john says yeah john lacroix yeah. always saying words have meanings look up the word person it's not what you think and but protected persons uh, and how they're cared for they have the best it almost made me blow chunks and some have to write an article on that too. But in researching well, all I of do this, think, I did all I these... do. Go ahead. I do think that the the, the on a national level, um, that the uh, the ass backwards association, as you like to refer to them to, <laughs> <laughs> I won't get on that roll. <laughs> but anyway, okay. I do think okay. the bar association <laughs> on a national level. Uh, with the ULC is really, they really did, uh, uh, you know, we had a proposal or Catherine Falk and Elaine Renoir sent them a proposal on the visitation, on our visitation, um, you know, what, what it should be. And they, yeah. they put that language in, in there. And there's some really good things about that um, document. Mm-hmm. People seem to really hate it, but I honestly believe that they, I mean, they had to consider every single possibility for how someone could be damaged by not doing something or by doing something. And so they just, right. uh, you know, they hashed it out. And I think it's a pretty good document. And, and it does, it, do, it is person-centered, much more person-centered. The problem with all of it is that... Uh, are the states going to adopt it? They could adopt little pieces of it, like the visitation part, for uh-huh. example. You know, our yeah. state did. And it's that uh-huh. you can't isolate a ward from family for more than seven days without seeking a court order. That's great because you, they used to just go around and do it without even any questions, you know, for years. Well, okay. So, the uniform um, guardianship law. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've gone through it, and for the most part, it's good. But there are parts in it that are going to trip you up. Like yeah, the, I agree. this would make the law the same from one state to the next state. Meaning, I can move your mom or dad or grandma, grandma, whoever, out of your state, put them over there in that state. You can't do a thing about it. I can still isolate them and not tell you where they're located. You know, there's all of these other things are still in there. But what this basically is for, what uniform law is for. 
is to ease the way for lawyers to not have to um, get permission to practice in another state. They can just simply slide on over under that uniform code. And uniform really? laws are never never a good thing, yes. And uh, so it basically is a money saver for them and paperwork saver for them. This isn't – the one thing I have learned in all of this, Marcia, is that there – uh, is never an intent, no matter what the title is and how well you think it's worded, there is never an intent to do anything for people. It's how to maintain control. You think you're getting something, but you find out in the end. And see, even if this is passed, then the statutes will be changed. And that's where the damage is going to be done, is mm-hmm. in the statutes. And they will use the uniform code um, to do that. And well, I mean, they don't have to, you know, states just adopt sections that they like. I mean, they don't adopt everything. Uh-huh. I can't, you know, I, I think yeah. Maine did. Um, but as far as I know, like our state, we just adopted some of it and it was pretty good stuff, except there were a couple of things that people really got upset about. For example, that a judge can change a will. Now, yeah, that, I yes. mean, but see what they don't understand, though. What what if, you know, see the thing that, that that they do at these big meetings, they say, Well what if what if you've just had somebody forge a will, bring it into the court mm-hmm. and you, you find out it's a forgery, you can't change it? You have to be able to well, change the will, right? Those are those are two those are two different, entirely different situations. Legal, lawful situations. A forged will, of course, needs to be contested, not in probate, but in Civil so or criminal court. Okay, yeah. and that's, that's a they, whole different issue. And we you know, went that but, with Harvey. The the Guardian yeah. found an unsigned, unnotarized will, and they and so Harvey had a partner of thirty years, and this is before gay marriage was legal, and the um the judge decided that Bob was an elder abuser when the Guardian's attorney yeah. contested the will. And they decided that it was supposed to all go to a charity, $5 million. And it was not signed, not notarized, and it totally flew. Totally flew. Yeah. Two days up in Minnesota last year. Yeah. Yeah. Up in Minnesota last year, there was a bill number 3771. In New Mexico, if you you cancel a will, um, you know, let's say the judge did say this will's bogus, uh, it mm-hmm. could work in the family's favor because it that it, it's it's uh, predicated on uh, or, or at the direction of the probate code. If you change a will, if the judge does that, it now goes through the the normal succession of heirs. So that means it goes where it should mm-hmm. go. But a lot well, of people don't realize well, that. But but. Yeah. What's that? Like I say, up in Minnesota last year, they had bill number 3771 that a lot of us advocates worked on. It was a good bill, and I mean hard-hitting. And, of course, as I keep telling people, you can write a good bill, submit it once it's tabled for a hearing. It can be amended, altered, changed a thousand times that they don't have to tell you. If it does pass, it's no, it bears little to no resemblance to what you wrote. Anyway, the final copy of this bill that they voted on, it didn't pass, said that a judge could authorize a guardian to break into wills and trusts, 
remove beneficiaries and replace them with ones of their choosing, even if it was themselves. What they were trying to do was codify into law. Yes, they were trying to codify into law what these people were doing anyway. And a lot of the legislation I've seen come out this last year has been exactly that. They are trying to slide these things in there to codify and make legal, not lawful, but legal, what they have been doing anyway. And since we oh, are not supposed to, and of course it has language in there about ex post facto, anything that happened before this point is neither here nor there. And so you can't go back and charge him. You can't do anything. But anyway, so, um, but that bill didn't explain pass. That more see, about, there, explain, more, explain more about your bill, what the bill was, and then what they did to it. Because that's really bill, interesting, uh, right? How they, yeah. Yeah, the bill initially started out that isolation was absolutely, absolutely prohibited and that Mm -hmm. it had to be an extreme situation with evidence that there's, say, a family member represented a danger. There had to be evidence, and which struck me. I thought, well, I can see the advocates wrote this. And there were other things in there that – they were not to take glasses, hearing aids, dentures. They were not to isolate mm-hmm. them in a room with no television or radio or window. Um, mm-hmm. They couldn't lock them in their room. They couldn't, all these things that are done in isolation, this is torture-based bonding is what they're doing. They isolate the person, yes. and, of course, that's very damaging to the psyche, and they start to wither. And eventually, right. that withering will take their life. They, they just simply die. But... It had a lot of good things in there. No forced medication, no chemical restraint. All medications wow. had to be approved by family members or close friends. I mean, mm-hmm. they just, that, you know, it, it went down the, the whole gamut of what they do to these people. And they wanted cameras in the rooms because the abuse in nursing homes is so extreme. And they yeah. wanted cameras in there. And so they they finally did pass a bill up there that, to allow cameras in the nursing home, but oh, of course you have good. to get the nursing home's permission. I guess oh, somebody boy. gave that. But anyway, yeah. um, that, but this that's is what the, the problem, right? There's always some. That's the problem. Yeah. There's always something like that. Of course, you have to get the permission yep. of the nursing. <laughs> you know. Yes, exactly. There's just always some loophole. Exactly. Some loophole, and um, so then it what just, did it turn uh, into? Well, it turned into this, like I say, that uh, the judge could break into a will or a trust, could allow the guardian to do that, and that they could still discard wills and trusts and um, pre-standing legal agreements, you know, powers of attorney and all of that, uh, if they saw it as an obstacle, because many times it was an obstacle to making sure the best interests of the um, – targeted victim was served now they're not supposed to be going by best interest that's another one of those misleading statements what they're supposed to be going by by is what is in the person's best interest Uh, and Mm -hmm. they shouldn't say person don't use the word person you want to use the the living man or woman yes and a person is a dead entity Anyway, uh, that's how corporations got the right to vote because they were a person on paper. And um, so you see how all this works. It's this trickery. They call it word art. Uh, It's in the language. And you have to look up what you think are very common words and you think you know the meaning of, but you Mm -hmm. don't. And not in the legal sense. But anyway, there was all kinds of stuff. 
Yeah, weasel words, exactly. Um, there was all kinds of stuff in this bill uh, about if they sold all the property and got everything, even if the guardian absorbed every bit of it, and the hospital or nursing home bills needed, they could hold the kids liable or other members oh of the family goodness. liable for the remaining bill. They it's could outrageous. actually sue them. Yes. God, that and, sounds like a nightmare, uh, and, nightmare bill. And that shows yes, you how it, these can go wrong. We've had a couple of those. You know, we we passed a um, Catherine Falk uh, just gets hold of senators, you know, and says, "Hey, what do you think?" You yeah. know, and, and so we work with all yeah. these senators, and in a couple of places, our bills were changed in ways that were really disappointing. You know, and yeah. um, there were still yep. some. You know something to them, but they were changed, just as you said. They, it doesn't come out the yeah. way you, the way you intended no. it. By the time it goes when through, you, when you, you know, yeah. But when you write a bill, you always have to write under what constitutional. Now they've, they don't do that anymore because they aren't paying attention to the Constitution. But the way the law reads, when you write the like the name and the title of the bill and the number and all that, mm-hmm. then underneath it it says. Uh, offered under constitutional authority, and then you state what part of the Constitution makes it constitutional. The next thing you want to put on there, if this is generated by the public and not these sharks we call attorneys from the Bar Association, is this bill is to remain intact. It is not to be altered, amended, or changed in any fashion. Uh, In other words, and it's not open to interpretation. Uh, which pretty well stops the judge from saying, well, the way I read this, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but they couldn't, you think that uh, would work? And, Does... Well, that used to be very common. And, yeah. um, and stop this thing of and for other purposes. Anytime you see right. a bill title that says, you know, uh, we're shooting daisies to the moon and we're going to need rocket fuel, <laughs> and so we need money for rocket fuel and for other purposes – that is a big red flag. There's all kinds of exactly. pork in that bill. There's all kinds of yes. non-related stuff. Yes. And so yes. that needs to stop, too. Uh, one issue to a bill. But yes. it, it, this, there's this trickery that goes on, like I say, word art, that goes on in writing any of these bills. And no matter what you think, it's like you get down to a part and it, said, it says Section 102B is struck out. And, you know, and then they'll have a whole bunch of them that was struck out, it was taken out. And tw- Section 12D now you know, replaces all this. You have to go and check what all these other sections were that they struck out. Usually exactly. it's just yes. remo- removing the word and or the, but it's to uh-huh. complicate uh-huh. the bill. So that you yes. you think oh I, I've had people say I can't I can't do this it, you know it's it's an easy thing to do it really is and then you look at what you they have to figure out the relate yeah the relationships yes. between different parts of the bill unless you know the hierarchy yes. with which they're uh, mm-hmm. you know like uh, there's always one title and then there are A B C D E F G but then yeah. there might be one, two, three that you forgot about. So you got to go back and read that uh-huh. and understand that that's the premise. And yeah. it's very, very yeah. difficult, I think, to, to get yeah, through bills like that. Yeah, A, B, C, D, and E is yep. I and get one, a new two, three, car four. for doing all of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, you know, you, you read these things, and, and, you, and honest to God, it, I've always said it's like the lunatics are running the asylum. Um, you oh, you boy, look at court boy. orders. And a, like the oh, Supreme yeah. Court, 
Look at any opinion from the Supreme Court. Uh, the one I always quote is the one by John Roberts over Obamacare. It looked like a lunatic had ridden that thing, and they asked him, because nobody could decipher it, what it actually said, and he really couldn't say. It was page after page of nonsense and gibberish. Yeah. And yeah. But what it was, was they had been questioned about was they they said the question was it lawful because of it included taxation and he said well yes because you know we have taxation that makes it legal that wasn't the question the question mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. does the federal government have right to dictate trade commerce between the mm-hmm. states no it right. did not mm-hmm. it can only dictate inside the or it between the states, but not inside the states. I got myself messed mm-hmm. up there. And well, it's kind of similar anyway, in a way uh, to that probate exclusion problem with guardianship, where yes. it's up to the states and not the, you know, the federal yeah. uh, government doesn't well, see, do much. There, there you go. This the Supreme Court begged off on that one, so they didn't have said anything that was in rem in motion in the state. Those mm-hmm. the property and control of the state, and they would not intervene. I don't know why not. They've intervened in a presidential election and picked George Doofus Bush to be our president. <laughs> They've done all kinds of things that wasn't in their power yeah. to do. Uh, you got a problem now, and um, yeah. but they don't want involved. They don't want to make a ruling on it. See, nobody wants to get a Supreme Court ruling on this that might be adverse to the program that's in place. So they're mm-hmm. all they're their own bar association. So that tells you tons about who they are. I think we've we ought got, to be dismantled and dispensed a, with. We do have a five prong approach that we've developed at NASCA with Catherine, and to it, and it's a way for the federal government to get involved, but not directly. It's it's hard mm-hmm. to explain, but there are ways that they can they can get in there and get data. They could get data. They can get. They can find wrongdoing. They could find all kinds of stuff. And um, well, it, can... it just doesn't look like it, it just doesn't look like it's going to be. Uh, I, I mean, it is a civil rights issue. It definitely is. But it looks yeah. like a lot of people have had trouble uh, going that way. I think mm-hmm. the disability community's really done done a great job. I mean, that's where with supported yeah. decision making and all that stuff, they're really. They well, made see, huge headway, and I think see, that's where the American uh, with Disability Act comes in. They've got power under right. that law, yes. but for guardianship, we don't have any such law. And that's correct. Now, I contend, if you have adjudicated someone to be incompetent and compromised and non-functioning, that means they have a disability, does it not? So why can't you use the ADA exactly. to go after these people? And, it uh, almost but, seems yeah. like it's getting lumped more along in that direction. I mean, yeah. especially with, uh, you know, with free, the Free Britney movement. That's another <clears throat> thing that really kicked it off, too. Um, early on, um, we got a notice at NASCA. Would you come on here and please explain to people what conservatorship yeah. is? So I got on there and had 800. I looked today. I had 800 comments and posts you know, <laughs> explaining oh, wow. what it was. And I think when the public starts understanding, I think Brittany was how the public really started to understand this is cuckoo. What's going on here? This is weird. This isn't right. Mm-hmm. You know, especially because she was a young woman, you know, and she's obviously capable of performing and 
brushing her own teeth, you know. It's not like yeah. she's yeah. she's really incapacitated. So so then we then we Catherine gets a call from uh this Senator Matt Gates in Florida. You know who uh-huh. he is? Yes. Yes. And uh, so uh, they want a lot of information from us. So we give them everything we can on on Guardian, all these articles, all these stats, all the things that we could give them. And then and we thought, great, you know. And then then he goes Ghost Washington. Then within four days or of that, maybe even the next day, he had like eight press things, you know, an article in Vanity uh-huh. Fair, uh, all this stuff that it began to kind of, you know, it began to come across, I think, to some people, especially on the Free Britney, that he was kind of in it for him, uh, not yeah. for, because it wasn't, I guess they didn't really take it too seriously up on Capitol Hill, which is too bad, but it seems like it was a great press opportunity. I kind of wonder. I mean, I was a little disappointed, uh-huh. although I was so happy yeah. that somebody was going to pick up on it. You know, it's great. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's <sighs> just, and that's, I mean. Uh, but I think, I think with this movie, what this movie did, I've thought about why this hit like it did. Was which because one? Which people, one? The framing? The, this framing one. Framing Yeah. Uh, no, um, I haven't even oh, seen I that. Oh, I care a um, lot. Yeah, I care a lot. And I think what happened there was here we've been out here all these years talking about this, trying to expose it mm-hmm. and telling it how many times, oh, you must have done something wrong. Well, they wouldn't have done yep. that unless somebody did something wrong. Mm-hmm. They said that, you know, the daughter of the son or whoever, they they were abusing them, and I believe them. You people are just lying. I mean, we've heard it all, all these years. But yes. what this movie did was actually expose the really sickening underbelly to all of this. And yes. it was yes. so realistic, um, and especially at the end there. And I swear, Marcia, a cheer came up across the country at the end of that movie uh, <laughs> yes. when he popped a cap on her. That's what happens um, when you try to guardianize somebody with mafia connections, you know? I love it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> happy ending. Um, yes. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, I do movie, wonder. I wonder I, why there hasn't been more. I mean, when people get in a situation and they're not allowed to fight back, you know, it just kind of amazes me. There hasn't been more. uh, I know there have been lots of arrests and people trying to get into nursing homes, getting arrested, uh, putting handcuffs, you know, all this stuff. And it just seems like just to see your own parent in one of these nursing homes where they've been locked down and it just the frustration it's kind of amazing yeah. that it hasn't boiled up more than it has. Yeah. And that movie is a great example of how it could, yeah. you know. What's that? Oh, oh, my sister has a theory on why you don't see people going out and murdering guardians and stuff is that they <laughs> prey on really good people. They prey on, they choose their victims and they prey on decent families, good yeah. people that they know aren't going to mm-hmm. do these things to them. Yeah, that's right. very true. Because I bet true. you that they don't guardianize the mob boss's mom. No. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I, I, just, I, I just think 
we need to put these people in guardianship. They need to be guardianized. These guardians and attorneys, they're a danger yes. to the public and to themselves. They need to be guardianized and locked away where they can't hurt anybody else. They're obviously very destructive. And so I think that's something we need to look at here in the future is actually taking a petition out. I mean, what if somebody had done that with April Parks and stopped her? Yeah, and right. Like I say, yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Yep. And have you noticed Well, she's going away for a very the, long time. Yeah. I don't think we'll be seeing much of her. 40 years, yeah. But, you know, the thing How is, have you noticed everybody get? they've nailed? 40. 40 or 20 years. to 40, oh, I think. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But have and you noticed that the only three... people they're nailing are, are women? Do you see any men? Yeah. Like Jared Schaefer? Do you see any men? Jared Schaefer, why yeah. has he not... I mean, I you know, yeah. I just can't even... I just don't yeah. understand see? that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... So, uh, you know, we've got... What was I reading about him the other day? Oh, um... Uh, oh, yeah, I re- read that he guardianized a woman who owned a Montessori school. She uh-huh. owned a Montessori school, and she once she became, she was accused of having aphasia, and he sold the school mid-year while students were still enrolled. Oh, my God. I mean, are you kidding me? You know, that's how greedy it gets. Yeah. And then his daughter, uh-huh. his daughter, you probably know the case, but, and then his daughter spoke out in court. You know, she was agitated, and he had her handcuffed. You know, that's happened a few times, right? Oh, my God. they handcuffed wow. somebody who's talking too much. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's just, um, he's, he, I just well, don't you know, understand look at what they, why he's not. They did to Michelle McDonald here some years back, that attorney in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and she's in court, and the judge had her taken out of court, and when they brought her back, she was tied into a wheelchair. They had taken her glasses and her shoes, and she had to conduct the rest of her case in that condition. That's how abusive these courts can get. Um, you know, we work with uh, Carolyn Douglas quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. She wrote the, uh, the Dark Side, a treatise on law and judging, and she's got another book that's coming out too. But she oh, talks good. about all this crap these, these judges do. And, you know, how mm-hmm. they get it. She teaches and writes books and she teaches also. But all this stuff these judges do that's totally outside the bounds of their office. And um, yeah. and qualified immunity. Uh, they voted yeah, themselves qualified Yeah, that is really, immunity. really bad. That's, the yes. immunity thing all Excuse the way around me. is just terrible. Yes. And the, the 14th Amendment says that the law will be applied equally to everyone. It doesn't say unless you're wearing a black robe or a badge and a uniform. Doesn't mm-hmm. say that. Right. It says to everyone. No. And uh, so, and they write their, their own immunity, and then nobody in Congress or the president, nobody says a freaking word. Nobody says, no, you can't yeah. do that. You don't have the right. Mm-hmm. The Justice Department didn't come out and say, wait a minute, you can't do that. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Everybody has said, you could have heard crickets chirping. But um, I know there's a big petition out there now uh, to do away with qualified immunity. There, this is what malfeasance is about. I saw that. Malfeasance Who, where, where is, that? Yes. I, yeah, I, I saw think that. I want to say life site news, but I might be wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But this is, you know, we have we have options or things we can do. But Marsha, as you know, these people. 
as much as you know you call for unity and let's work together a lot of these people you just cannot work with they aren't in it for the same reason you are and yeah so it it messes everything up for everybody else but yeah we th- uh, you, you know, know nazca likes to nazca likes to operate below that radar i mean you know yes. we learned our lesson in utah when we created a bill with todd weiler and then another advocacy group came in uh, basically photobombed him and claimed that they had uh-huh. uh done this bill and then todd then he comes out and says oh no that's not true uh-uh, i never work with these people i never work with them oh you know? wow. that's crazy so from that point on um i don't know it just i don't know what that problem is i don't know whether it's competition or uh, you know eagle i don't know what it is Whatever it is, I don't either. We fly below. We try our best to really fly below the radar in that because who wants to get into it with anyone? I, you know, everyone's it's fine yeah. for everybody to do what they're doing. I don't respect a lot of it. Some of it, I just think, yeah, is, you know, insane. Wacky, yeah. Frankly, yeah. But what are you know? But, nothing I can really nothing to do about it. Actually, it's just that right. You don't want people really hurting each other. That just doesn't seem right. Right. It, it, and it discredits all of us. So, oh, yeah. you know, we've oh, we've yeah. been pushing ahead on things. You know, you talked about speaking out and what happens. And I know the first year I did the summit, I had people calling me and saying, I'm Marty, Marty, when you go, and I had this happen in front of the Minnesota legislature several years before on a different topic. Yeah, but Marty, when you go in there, you be nice. You be nice. <laughs> what? <laughs> you be nice because if you're not nice, they're, I'm nice, and if you're not nice and and everything, um, they're going to get mad and they're going to retaliate against you. Uh, and your point, and but you be nice now, and yeah, okay, I'll do that. So I did in front of the Minnesota legislature. I said I was told that you know if I speak openly and say what I have to say, you're going to get mad. I have to be nice. Come in here on my belly. I said, I'm begging you and pleading you to please do your job. And if I'm not nice and begging, you're going to get mad and retaliate. So I stepped out from behind the podium. I said, so here I am. Have at it. Shoot your best shot. And then, I, <laughs> and then I'll oh, do what Marty. I have to do behind it. And hilarious. there was a lot of red faces and everything. And this guy says, yeah. do you have anything to say? I said, oh, I got tons to say. I said, get comfy. And... um so anyway, I spoke, but I had the same thing happen before the summit. You know, people call me, be nice, be nice. And I thought yeah. I did a pretty good job, but I'm going to tell you all, I'm all done being nice. Now, I don't care yeah, about know, these yeah. Yeah. fringe people. I don't care about this. But as far as, well, like, politicians, these people, keep this in mind. You do not work for these people. They work for you. They are your mm-hmm. employee. You are paying their salaries. Now, right. would you tolerate in a private business an employee just going willy-nilly and doing whatever they want and making a profit off of stuff on the side instead of doing their job? Would you put up with that? No, you wouldn't. Why are you putting up with it from these politicians? And these agency yeah. people, you pay their, their wages. Call these people to task. Um, and don't I had that senator out there in D.C., you know, who said to me, do you realize you're talking to a U.S. senator, a sitting U.S. senator? And I said, yeah, 
I said, I believe that makes you my employee, doesn't it? And I said, so I said, I'll thank you to, be to speak to me in a little more sportive well. Yeah, and he looked at me. He said, look, Marty, I said, I didn't give you permission to call me by my first name. And I called him by his yep. first name. And um, very insulted. That senator, uh, no, we're going to, this is another time I said, if we're going to use these phony titles, you can refer to me as your majesty. And um, that's just <laughs> the way that is. Yeah. And um, but you, you know what I'm saying is you got to stand your ground and you got to stand up. Quit kowtowing in front of these people. You, yes. Quit quit yes. knuckling at the knees and begging them to please do their job. You demand that they do the yes. job they were hired to do. And if they can't yes. do it, won't do it, aren't able to do it, please resign from that office so we can get somebody exactly. in there who will. Well, you know, the um, uh, the whistle, that was another okay. real break. I'm sorry to interrupt. That that was another right. real breakthrough for for uh, guardianship was having the yeah. first panel on guardianship at the United States, you know, at the yeah. National Whistleblowers Conference. Yeah. And I think that did a lot to break it open, too. I mean, there yeah. were lots of things that broke it open. I'm just trying to figure out. It's almost like. You know, a sand pile, it just keeps piling up, and then one day yeah. the sand pile just gets too high and it starts cr- avalanching. That's what it feels like. It well, feels like know, it's avalanching. That, yes. That first year, I hope I'm the video right, of that. I don't know. Our, yeah. That first year, the, the video of our first year at the summit got almost a quarter of a million views. Yeah. And yes. Uh, that just, yeah. I, I never expected that and neither did yeah. the committee. And, uh, but they had never had, the most he'd ever had before was just under 20,000. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this really rocked them. And then, uh, you know, we talked about this the other night. I want to mention it again, this weed thing that happens in June for Elder Abuse Awareness Day. This is put on by the UN, but look at who funds and supports that, which is why I've turned down two invitations to speak there. The elder law attorneys, the National Guardianship Association, which is a global thing, ICOR, all of the people. What's ICOR? International something or other. But what they do is sell. It's a global organization. It's capital I, all capitals, I-K-O-R. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. Okay, I know. Yes. And they sell franchises for guardianship and conservatorship, and they promise fast, easy, consistent money. Well, yippee kind of Oh, man, that is so and, sick. Uh, I can't stand it. Yes. And we found them What's working in nine that different cause? countries now. What? Oh, my God. That's yeah. awful. Yeah. She's, she's so we got the McDonald's, in and out uh, with this, Marcia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like McDonald's drive-thru. Okay, yeah. She's a yeah, she's the donut drive-thru. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, Go I, ahead, I, I'm going to confess, I put you guys on mute, and I listen, and I have a carrot cake in the oven, so I, oh. Marty's having to put up with me double duty. <laughs> Where's our yeah, piece? That's all right, as long as you're here. Yeah, she's talking today <laughs> yeah. about shipping out donuts and stuff, and I haven't seen one show up here. But anyway. Yeah, I haven't seen one in my doorstep. <laughs> I, you know, no, I'm going to have to get them. Remember, I brought you guys some cookies when we were at. Yes, you yes. did, and they were from absolutely South America, delicious. from my bakery. Just from South delicious. America. Yes. 
And Catherine's yes. had my carrot cake. We met out in Syracuse. Yeah, it was good. Yep, I had to pack oh, a carrot nice. cake in my suitcase for her. <laughs> wow. So, so oh guys, goodness. what do you think? Here's here, what do you think is going to happen now? I mean, we had all this exposure, and you know, really yeah. movies, Guardians, Inc., Dirty Money. Um, were you yeah. supposed to interview with them? Marty? I yes. think. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but, I was two years ago. May. Uh, yeah. Well, it was to be June 2nd. I was to fly to New York. And then, like mm-hmm. I say, my sister passed away on May 31st. Oh, yeah, you couldn't go. do it. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, and, but that uh, was that was a really good thing. I mean, that was good. That was a good series. Yeah. So well, everything... they pulled that down because of, the, because of that lawsuit, Marcia. They pulled uh, it they down did? off they the Netflix. They pulled it down? But I <gasps> yeah. But, yeah, they banded in together uh, with that attorney and went after Lisa to save their own ass. And um, oh, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, That's so awful. she's holding her own, though. She is holding her own. I, I love she, that woman. She, and um, Can but, you describe uh, what happened it, it, to her or not? Well, yeah. Can you um, describe publicly what happened Jigsaw to her? Jigsaw Productions, yeah, uh, had put in there. She gave him the attorney for that John Sanovich. She had to document what she was saying, of course. Mm-hmm. It was the production company who went and filmed his office with the big sign out there and who he was and everything else. And they're the ones that put that in the documentary. And mm-hmm. they turned around and sued Lisa. And because this guy, I guess the whole community turned on him for being a pig. And uh, so he What did she Lisa, have to do with him, though? I mean, what did he... Exactly. What she did she have to she do with She was interviewed. Well, all she did was they wanted to know who the attorney was that had taken John Sanovich's two houses and gotcha. stuck him in a nursing home. He finally got out of and but he was I homeless see. at that point. They had taken everything. And so okay. there, Jigsaw was the one that put that in there. And Lisa right. didn't do that. But they tagged her right. with it and they suing her. And so to save their own butts, they threw in with the attorney. And pulled that down, but it's still available if you've got, uh, just found out, uh, if you've got Amazon Fire Stick, it's still available over there. And um, But yeah, they, they went after her with Claus Baird, uh, that attorney did. That's just and, awful. Um, oh, the attorney well, went then, after her. Okay, I get it. Yeah, and then the production company threw in with the attorney to keep from being sued themselves. And um, Oh, no. So I don't know how that's going. Oh, that's yeah. revolting. Yeah. It so is. what's happened and then, then you know, her father, with Lisa? Well, it's, it's her father, you know, passed away here year before last, yeah. I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the guardianship is supposed to end upon death. Eh, wrong. Mm-hmm. They kept really? it open and they sold his house and they took everything after that man fact. ever had after the fact. Sold yes. his house, <sighs> took everything. And it, they like had, he had had a... Are dictators. a he they had an $8 million dollar estate, and mm. they predicted at the onset of the guardianship that it would take seven to eight years to go through all of his money, and it was almost eight years to the day. Everything was oh, gone every last time. That time. is so and, awful. Yeah, yeah. and they mm-hmm. held him hostage awful. all that time in his own house. His kids couldn't see him. They were drugging him, uh, but nobody could see him. And a couple of times they let uh, 
Lisa's sister in, and then they'd, the one guy would run through the house calling out her sister's name, saying, Devorah Kaiser is here, Devorah Kaiser is here. And But there were several people apparently holed up in that house, taking advantage of it. And um, But like I say, when it was all said and done, everything was gone. And I, I'd never forget her in front of the Massachusetts Supreme Court. And the she was stating her case. And the guardian pipes up in the middle of everything and says, Your Honor, she's costing the estate money. She's costing the estate. She said, I'm not getting a dime from the estate. You are. And she, the tears rolled down her face. And she said, keep, mm. and she honestly said, that, keep the effing money. Just give me back my father. Give me my dad, yeah. Nope. Nope. Well, they often nope. do nope. that. They, when the, when the, uh, I've heard that line so many times that when the guardian, when the state is being drained. They say, oh, it's because the family complains so much and we have to, you know, deal with that. Yeah. I remember in Doug Franks' case at one point, uh-huh. you know, the, the guardian said, no, you can't talk to me. You can talk to my lawyer who will talk to your uh-huh. lawyer, lawyer who will uh-huh. talk to back to my lawyer and back to me. And I, you know, and it was like this ring, right? They had to go through yes. four steps each time they wanted to communicate, and then they blamed the mm-hmm. expense on the family. You know that kind yes. of thing. Yes, and they charge mm-hmm. a fortune. And they do it over time. and over. Yes. If you people yes. would and just stop that, complaining, everything would be okay. Yes. Right. Go along and with the program. You know, yes. Mm-hmm. And but you know this the idea of supported decision making. This is the way this should have been. And but we see I've been checking this out, researching this in several states. There are pilot programs for this, especially again with the disabled, but also including the mm-hmm. elderly. And mm-hmm. they people think if they set up a supported decision making network, uh, you know, to take care of them, that they're safe from the probate court. And but you're not, because a, a third party can still come in there and force you into probate. And contest that shared decision making. Now you can get a shared decision from order from the court, but the problem people are telling me they have is when they went to the court to get a court order for it to make sure you know nobody could intervene. That is when these interlopers came along. So who notified them and uh, said, "Well, if you know you need this, well, you, you probably need a guardianship, you know." And uh, you know, it's they always say it's in the best interest. The, but it doesn't ever say in the best interest of who, whom. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. You exactly. know, it doesn't say it, it, it's leading language. You I... think they're talking about the the victim, but in fact, they're talking about it's in their best interest. If we do it this way, that way I can steal everything I can get my hands on. I can stash them in a nursing home, prevent them from seeing anybody, yeah. take everything away from them that, Awful. you know, involves their life. And then we can sit around and wait for him to die, and I'll take the rest. And um, yep. But that's basically what it gets down to. Uh, shared decision-making should be outside of the court and untouchable. It is. It is outside of the dis- courtroom. But see, they it is. Get it There's right no court in involved in, in a decision-making thing, in a supported decision-making. Right. But see, The judge has one. to consider all other options, including um, supported decision-making, and that has to be in the statute so that judges yeah. – will see, will know that they have to consider other things. But they, that doesn't then they, go through they the court. Have to, yeah, 
but this is what I'm telling you. Even if you have one and you can set one up privately without ever okay. going to probate, you set one up. Mm-hmm. But either way, whether you do it through probate or you do it privately, the fact that you did it at all allows these third parties to come in and sue for guardianship. And this is what I'm finding all over the place, and these judges approve it. Well, you're probably right. You know, if they need all the help with paying their bills or cleaning their house, they they probably need to have a guardian full-time. Well, that's what they've got. Well, no, we need somebody we can keep an eye on. Oh, good Lord. You mean somebody at the bank? Is it just, I'm sorry, is it just a third party coming in there and petitioning the court saying this supportive decision-making thing doesn't work or what? Yeah, well, see, and what they do is they, it's like these guardians. Um, they come in and say they get notice that you've got shared decision-making, so they get every bit of information they can, and they it's the laundry list thing. Uh, they're living in squalor. Yeah. They're being abused. They're being exploited. Right. They don't have any evidence. They can't even identify the person. They've never seen them. Um, uh, you know, we're really concerned, and we think we need to get a guardianship here so we can take care of the best interests of this person. And... Yeah. They usually fly with it. What we need, Marcia, is a firm law that says you have the right to establish a supported decision-making situation and that Mm -hmm. it cannot be except in extreme circumstances. And you would explain extreme, like we found you naked outside in the snow and ice. Right, Um, right. That before anyone else could break into that, that is not only a private agreement, it's a contractual agreement. So you're getting into contract law there. And so you're dealing with two civil criminal law and you're dealing with contract law. And mm-hmm. so it, I, I like the idea, but I think it is the best idea. And I think it would serve yeah. everybody well. And mm-hmm. it, it needs to be firmly put in place and a protected system. So that these folks yeah, are I like, yeah, that's an interesting thought. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, so I, I, I do think, you know, I just, I would love to know, you know, Debbie Valdez, our, our director, one of our directors has uh-huh. worked so hard on supportive decision-making in Texas. I mean, they, they're like the first state that really has that yes. in their statute. Yeah. Um, the ULC has it too. The ULC document that people could use has, has it, but, um, but I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a, a real solution for a lot of people. And I, I would imagine that the courts are so overloaded. They don't want all these guardianship cases unless, you know, they can make a lot of money on them. So in a lot of cases, probably well, supported decision-making would work. Yeah. They will, well, they'll see, leave it alone. The thing. When, yeah, back in the, I think it was the early 80s um, is when they started splitting probate and family law stuff away from the courts of law and into this probate mm-hmm. system. Yeah. Again, it's a tribunal, no law. Uh, we make our own rules and we can change them anytime we want to. No protections, no due process, no nothing. But this was done for a reason. It is not because the courts were so overloaded. You get more judges then. And I had a, a, a senator there in Minnesota say to me, see, Marty, you don't mm-hmm. understand. Um, we have to have these probate courts because the state courts were, were just overloaded. And if we hadn't have done this, no, we'd see. have had to hire more judges and gotten more courtrooms. And I said, isn't that exactly what you did? But you also created a tertiary system that mm-hmm. runs outside the Constitution and the law. This was intentional. Right. 
This was intentional. Right. It was so somebody realized the massive amount of money yeah. sitting in the elderly estates and how to wrench it away from them and yep. do it under the guise of looking like they were doing something legal within the law when in fact they are running outside of the law. These are tribunals just like a military tribunal. They don't oh, – there's no constitution in there. There's no, they make their own no, rules, what's broke, what isn't. That's right. That's right. And, you know, that's right. And, and not only that, even if the statutes – even if we know from New Mexico that even if the statutes say one thing, yeah, things are getting better. They are in our statutes, but yeah. there are still nasty cases out there. There are two right yes. now in New Mexico. They're terrible, you know? Yes. And so well, that's the, the question thing. is statute is statute is always open to interpretation, and they do it liberally. Yeah. They and reinterpret, and uh, it's like Cos was talking about, like the will and how things were set up in her case. And mm-hmm. but the judge mm-hmm. said he thought that her uncle or her dad or her uncle uh, really yeah. wanted to leave this away. But he really wanted to leave this money to charity. That's the way he read That's it. That's insane. That, that is so listen, outrageous. Listen how it went down. They had these people from, like, I will never, I think everyone listening, be very careful giving money to any charity except NASCAR. Yes. And anyway, so they <laughs> yeah. had people, they had, um, there's three charities that were there, and they had them get up on the stand and testify without any paperwork or documents. They said, oh, yes, in passing. Harvey had said he was going to leave us money when he passed away. There was nothing, nothing in writing, nothing. And they got That's it. That's shocking. Yeah. That, I, that, that I can yeah. give you oh. the record. Yeah, I swear. It was a two-day kangaroo court. No, the handwriting analysis. But they wouldn't anal- analyze Harvey's, like, well, yeah, well, that, that signature is not in question. And, I mean, it was just a joke that it that, that yeah. it can happen in the united states of america it was a complete joke and i mean all i can yeah. hope is karma is coming for everyone involved yes the things that were said about my father who has passed away i mean i'm just it's just so ugly the mean that awful is so thing, ugly the end of life things that were said about have... bob yeah yeah i mean the, yeah i well, this if you is think what about i, I had I had Bob's sister this- there with me and just trashing <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. And he's dead. He can't speak up for himself. And we're sitting right. there yeah. going, wait, this man had integrity. It yeah. was awful. Yeah. Was sounds awful. horrible. And these people, this, just sounds- these people do this every day and then go home uh, and come back the next day and do it again. This is what I'm saying. These people are born sociopathic. They don't have any feelings of any kind. And that there's so many of them running loose in the population. This isn't an aberration. This is an actual uh, common occurrence. And I'm reading more and more from these universities and scientists about how there's two to three different, two and possibly three different species of human being on the planet. We're not all <laughs> the same. It. And this, yeah, and this, like this does for me because this second species isn't like the rest of us. They have no no feelings. Hmm. <coughs> Excuse yeah. me. And, yeah, uh, you wonder if they come in with good intentions. Do they come in with good intentions and then gradually just get sucked in by the fact that they can? Is it a crime of opportunity? Is that what happens? Or is it that they I just come in there with so. the intention of they're, stealing? They're, they're, these are low lives to begin with. 
these are people that in any other situation could not survive, would not thrive. These are, you know, people that couldn't hold down a, a you know, they're otherwise unemployable. Nobody wants these right. people unless it's TSA. Um, nobody wants these people working <laughs> for them. Any any employer who does a psych test would dismiss these people immediately because I honestly believe if they were forced to take one, there would be glaring deficiencies in their character. I truly believe that. And I, I, I the, you know that, yeah. That's like I mean, TSA. some of them are so heartless; um, it's just unbelievable. Yes, you know? and, yeah, and, and, they, and they, they are they, incapable. I always think you know like these attorneys, they can't even like earn a living like legit. They have to be like you know a bottom feeder, like loser yeah, attorneys. Yeah, it is yeah, bottom. It's definitely it bottom feeder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like say, I mean, I know they're good they're people. Feet. I mm-hmm. I do know they're good guardians out there. Nobody will agree with me, but. I came across a couple letters written to the Supreme Court in New Mexico when this guardianship task force came along. And there were mm-hmm. a couple of people who said, you saved my mom or yeah. thank you for what you did for my uncle. So there are out there. So, there, you know, yeah. I think, you know, uh, yeah. but we don't hear about them because if we hear about these disgusting well, uh, creeps that just, all these, you know, all these all these years, Marsha, I've asked people keep saying, they're not all bad. Bring me one that isn't. We'll make a big show about them. Show them off. And I have yet to Hey, I, offered to, ma- I uh, offered to make a silver piece of uh, uh, sort of metal if anybody came forward and discussed uh, uh, a good guardian and it, nobody turned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, 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 no takers. And, it was just um, a funny joke. Yeah, yeah. But like I say, my only problem going back to the movie was that they made the judge in the movie out to be kind of some airhead that didn't know what was going on. And that is the total opposite of how it actually is. That judge facilitates everything and makes sure everything is done the way that guardian and that attorney want it done. That's the facilitator. Mm -hmm. Without that person sitting up there and cooperating with them, none of this could happen for the most part because no normal person – could sit there and do this every day. But you right. know, going back to being, being, you know, something wrong in their personality, it's like TSA. They're given a psych test. And I told a TSA agent, this a woman in Washington, D.C., who did some very vulgar things to me out there in public. And she said, I worked for TSA when I objected loudly. And I said, <laughs> which means you're otherwise unemployable. And she said, what? I said, you got this job because you took a psych test, didn't you? She goes, uh-huh, I did. I said, and there were indicators in there that there were major deficiencies in your character that would allow you to do what you just did to me. And I said, that's why you were at TSA. You couldn't get a job at McDonald's. Well, the same could be true for guardianship. And, <laughs> yes. I, yeah, yeah they, ha- and, I, they have to lack... They have to, yeah, lack some sort of a moral. And it's kind of like, like yeah. what is that saying? There's no honor among sheep. Like, when are they going to turn on each other when, you know, the bus is Oh, coming? they will. When they, when That's they, what they I'm waiting for. You know, yeah, the heat gets applied, well, and, and the weaker of them will start shooting their mouth off and uh, telling mm-hmm. them everything that they know. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, this is this is another thing that, 
you know, is needed too. They they close these courts down so you can't. They said, oh, it's to protect the the you know the targeted victim. Uh, no, it's to protect mm-hmm. that guardian and that attorney and that judge. You don't want the world yeah. to see you violating. This is a severe, major deprivation of rights, and yeah. you are you reducing this- a living human being to the the level of a commodity, a unit. And you don't want anybody seeing you violating their constitutional rights, stripping them of everything, including their identity, and then shaking each other's hand and walking out of the court over what a good job they did. Those courts should be open to the public. They should be televised. If you're going to take someone's identity and steal everything they ever owned, the least you can do is do it in front of witnesses so we can see what kind of an asshole you are. Now that's and just the way you can I do feel. it. It should take it should take more than ten minutes too. Most of these things yes. take place in about ten minutes. One, the, yes. what you were saying reminds me of uh, in Nevada. At one point, uh, I'm sure you've seen this. Somebody uh, took a video of it, and it was Jared Schaefer in a courtroom. I guess Nordheim. I'm not sure who the judge was. Yeah, and uh, the. Yeah, the uh, the guardian ad litem for the ward said, uh, you know, there's $400,000 missing here. Uh, can you please explain where that went, you know, to Jared Schaefer? Something yeah. like that. And then Jared Schaefer said, close the courtroom, and the thing goes blank. Yes. Yeah. I oh, could wow. not believe it. The court shut down. Now, yeah, yep. with the all this technology, down. with all this technology, next time I'm in court, I'm going to have the cutest hair bow with like a big rhinestone, but it's going to be like the secret camera. I'm recording it. it. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. like we need to all go in there 007 and record it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They, think, they're closing them down all over the country so you can't get in. And now uh, down in Florida, there's a big push on from the Bar Association to seal all guardianship cases so you can't know unless you're that guardian you can't know anything about that person they guardianize, where they're at, how they're treated, if they're dead or alive. You can't know anything. And the court case can never be viewed. So and they're wow. pushing to get this done. So uh, to seal all these well, cases from the public. New Mexico went the opposite way. I'm, I'm not exactly sure how extensive the opening of the courtrooms, but they can't do that anymore. They can't just, unless the... Um, the ward of the family wants privacy. Those are open now. I've never been yeah. to one. No, but, um, they're open. Marcia, but we, pardon? I was just going to ask you, Marsha, like you've been doing this for, I mean, watching this for so many years. Like that sounds encouraging to hear that something like that is going on in New Mexico. Oh, well, it was, it, you know, do you somebody feel pulled encouraged? up. You pull, you pull open, you lift a few rocks and the, Amount of stuff you find under wiggling around under that rock yeah. is pretty scary. Yeah, scary, isn't um, it? Yeah, I think the problem with New Mexico is: will the judges pay any attention? Will the guardians, pay, guardians, yeah. really pay any attention to what they've been they've been able to do whatever they want to do for so long that I'm not convinced that any amount of statutes will really change them unless yeah. there are criminal consequences, and there just aren't right now. Yes. Except yeah. if you steal no, $11 million, sure, you'll go to jail. But what about the other people who are being moved 100 miles away from their friends 
or, you know, yep. all this kind of stuff. But yep. you know how they steal the and money is they, they charge their fees. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. So then they do it. Le- they technically steal the money legally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of those and charges are. Like this, the, uh, the judge yeah, also no, said to no April cap. Parks. Yeah. Uh-huh. He said, in in many cases, there have come up things like, "Well, I went to get so and so a birthday present, the ward, uh-huh. uh, brought it back, and we had a little thing, and then you'll find a charge for twelve hundred dollars." for doing that. Yeah. Out of that yep. person's estate. So they bought their own yep. Christmas present. You know, yeah. there's just something really, really wrong with that. Marcia, <laughs> out in California, and this has been when I first started out in all of this with guardianship, and that's yeah. been more what, 12, 13 years ago. But anyway, I'd had mm-hmm. this lady on the radio, and we were on for two hours, and a week later, she called me. She was just screaming. And I said, what's the matter? She said, the attorney's office just sent me a bill. They charged $300 an hour for each hour of the radio show per person in the office. And there were five people. They just sent me Holy a bill. Holy. Oh. Yeah. For listening to I your show. I cannot believe that. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> but there's all That's kinds incredible. of things like this. You know, you pay these these attorneys tens of thousands of dollars many times as a retainer and sometimes yeah. not that much but still in all it's a dent for any family and oh, it, yeah. they call it a retainer then you start getting bills yeah. and they charge you five dollars for a postage stamp they charge you mm-hmm. fifty dollars for a five-minute phone call they charge you three hundred dollars because you open the door to their office uh you know what i'm saying yeah. here's all these well uh, then there was you know there's charges like a thousand dollars for legal research wait a minute what was this retainer for yeah what was that for right um yeah three hundred dollars for a one-hour phone call how did you intend yeah. to put my case together without researching and making phone calls um, right but yeah know, well, what, yeah what happened to this this money i gave you initially we had that case marcia where those people in Tennessee walked to the door of the courtroom in one of these cases, and the attorney mm-hmm. turned around after they'd given him sixteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars at the door of the courtroom and said, "I can't represent you. You're going to have to find somebody else," and walked off, left him standing. There. Yeah, that's they happened a lot of times. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I had a, oh, my friend one, here. The, the reason. Best one. It was let me tell you down in Texas. This has been again when I first started out. There was this oh I can't remember her name now, but she was just a witch, and there was a family that was coming into court, you know, fighting her, and the judge ordered them to go into a room and try to work this out. And you realize mm-hmm. afterwards this was the plan. They get in the room. The man is sitting close to the door, and he's got the door open about three or four inches, and she's sitting across the table, this proposed guardian. This is being mm-hmm. videotaped. He said to her, he said, I don't see how we can come to any agreement because we're on, you know, polar opposite sides. She strenches up her eyes, doubles up her fists, and starts screaming, stop, stop, please don't hit me again, please don't hit me. He's sitting in a chair. He gets up and slips out the door. He's standing in the hallway. She's still in this room, her face all scrunched up, going, stop, oh, please stop. You're hurting me, please. And here comes security down the hallway and said, what's going on? He goes, I don't know. He said, I think she's, <laughs> she's having a fit or something. 
They open the door. Here she is in there acting like she's getting the hell beat out of her. This is on video. And there's nobody in there but her. And, That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And here, oh, like I say, he stayed anything. by the door. And when she, she started this, he just got up and slipped out in the hallway. <laughs> you know, like, I ain't doing this. Oh, that is and, so uh, funny. That is just pathetic. And then yeah. We found out yeah. later she had done this, pulled this several times on people. And the, this judge oh, sure. would have her go in there for to you know for arbitration mediation and she would pull this and um yeah and it had worked before and (laughs) but i mean some of the stuff these people do is just incredibly unbelievable it's just well you know this uh in, in the case that that Started me off on this was with my friend. He's ninety. He was in his nineties, and he was put in the guardianship yes. while he was away on a trip and all that. And so, and he had a long-term companion of. They've been together about fourteen years or so. And one day, the guardian saw her talking to other advocates at lunch, and then I put up on Boomers. I had put up her story, but it was totally concealed. No names. No state, uh-huh. no nothing. Just general outline. They recognized it, and the game went to the court and sanctioned her for twenty thousand oh, dollars. Oh, do you sake. believe that? I yeah, mean, I that's do. how bad. And New Me- yeah. and New Mexico also had this thing, which now they I don't I believe they cannot do anymore, where just before you're about to you're about to uh, be set free from this nightmare. In order to get what the measly bit that's left after they've drained the estate, they would make you sign a no-sue agreement in order to get that, yes. say, $100,000 out of the $5 yes. million you once had. Yes. And so yep. there was – and between that and sequestered records, New Mexico, they, they, mm-hmm. you, they, 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 there was no way to get at them, none. Right, right. Well, see, and that's what they're trying to do in Florida. You know, Deb Dahmer. She's got that bill mm-hmm. in Florida. Um, and when her, they finally, after many battles, won that wrongful death lawsuit over her dad. Yes. And but didn't they make her make her mother, pay to the nursing home or something? Yes. Like pay half, yeah. half of the settlement. Yeah, went back That's to the sick. nursing home association. And what they did with it, they didn't create other, you know, programs to help the elderly. They didn't increase staff. They didn't increase any. They planted bushes and put in water fountains because people need to have something nice. In other words, they increased their capital investment, but they didn't do anything for the elderly. But she's got that bill in there now. Um, Peggy Dupree, of course, she's fighting against supported decision-making. But she's fighting against it because of the ability of these third-party surrogates, they're referring to professional guardians there, coming in and being able to overtake that, uh, saying that just by by the fact that that exists, that you thought you needed help, was an indicator you're incapacitated. And um, that's what they're working on. So what I think needs to be done, Marcia, is that needs to be tightened up so that they cannot yeah. interfere mm-hmm. in that arrangement. Um, that if they yeah. attempt to, you know, yeah. make it a crime because uh, yes. what they're doing to people is unforgivable. But this is the way it should be. This is the way it should be. It should be friends yes. and family helping help with the community. And it shouldn't yeah. be these vultures that are circling, waiting for a carcass. It, it shouldn't be mm-hmm. like this. But see, the other thing that enters into this, of course, is they're, and just like with this fake vaccine, they are culling the elderly. 
and the people who are chronically ill. They're getting rid of them, and that's what they're doing. And so they will not interfere in this system because usually these people end up in hospice or dying in the hospital or just dying from neglect and abuse at the nursing home, and nothing happens. Nothing happened. That yeah. up in Minnesota here two years ago, the Health and Human Services Director uh, was called on the carpet because there was twenty six or 27,000 nursing home complaints that had not been investigated. He said it's because their computers were old. No, it wasn't. It's because you went no. doing your job. And they have an abatement That's statue, right. meaning when you, when you die, everything ends, no matter how bad you – if you beat this person up and hung them you know, by their thumbs, and never mind. They're dead. You have no case. And so he was allowed to resign, keep all his benefits. They get a new Mm. director who within three or four months says, we have cleaned up 16 or 17,000 of these cases. Do you know how he did it? He just went through and pulled all the death certificates. Yeah. Pulled all the death, the people who had died while all this Mm. was in motion, but they're like, we invested. No, you didn't. You pulled the death certificate. That's all you did. And they still are not investigating. And um, so we're we're yeah. in a battle here, girls. We got about five minutes left, Marcia. What do you want to close up with? Well, I I was I want to close up with I feel uh, probably more hopeful than ever that that I, I you know I'm a writer. I have faith in the press. Yep. I really think the press yeah. has been amazing. Great, uh, you know Gretchen uh, Hammond uh, and people like that. Diane Diamond. Colleen Held, all these people who have written these amazing exposés, it really works. Mm-hmm. And then when you get a national magazine like the New Yorker picking up on it, um, that really mm-hmm. it's take it's 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 snowballing. And I'm really happy to see yeah. this business be exposed because at first, yeah. I mean, I could only find one or two a week uh, articles on it. Yeah. Now I have an alert with Google. I get them all the time. You know, oh, wow. and uh, yeah. it's much more in the press now. And I think yeah. there's no turning back. That's what I really believe. Yeah. I think I'm, maybe I'm naive, but I think at once right. you see something, you don't unsee it. You just don't. There you go. So well, and you know, too, Marcia, a lot of people, um, you know, it's like when I write, I always document and where I and resource my material. And one thing I have found out all these years of writing columns and articles and everything else is people never get angrier than the people who constantly go, oh, you're conspiracy theory. Oh, you're just lying. You don't know what you're talking. Oh, you're just with tinfoil hat wear. When I put all that documentation in there and they're presented with it. Here's where I got this. Here's the government documents. Here's the law. Here, yeah. you know, here's yeah. where it came from. Now tell me again how I'm crazy. And yeah. the anger is palpable. Oh, They're angry yeah. because now you have blown all their arguments out of the water. They can't call you exactly. names. Well, they will, but they, you know, legitimately they can't call you names anymore. But what they're angry about is as long as they didn't have any information, they could you know, levy everything they wanted against you. Once you put that yes. evidence in front of them, now they're made aware. And being aware requires an obligation to respond and do something. And that's the last right. damn thing they want to do. That's and, right. um, but, but, but the always, pressure builds and the pressure builds. Yeah. Yes. We yes. hope. You know? Kazi? So. Yeah. You got anything to say or are you, you in your cake? Well, I don't. No, <laughs> I always have to in the, oven. the kitchen after it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, Do you think I I'm too optimistic, Cos? 
No, I feel encouraged. I uh, I feel encouraged. I feel that yeah, it's getting exposed. I've had so many people because of this movie going, oh, my gosh, that's like like what you were talking about and how it happens. And it's finally like people understand, you know, like this woman, she yes. was a cherry. She was, I mean, it was just, she was just blindsided. And that's absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, what happens. Like yeah. people used to think I was telling, like I lived in some fantasy world when I would tell this story and mm-hmm. I'd say, well, okay, well, but here's the website where like there's articles and stuff about our family and Nazca has them all organized on one page, one Harvey Witten page. You can read yeah. them all. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm hoping that the guardians and the judges and everything are nervous. Do you feel like they're nervous? I do know this. In Montgomery County, the the wicked little judges that we have been monitoring are starting to give family members the guardianships and not not giving the professional guardians. And there's something I've had a couple people say it to me and try not to cry. When Harvey passed oh. away, they said, cause, don't don't leave the fight. Stay in the fight because someday somebody who doesn't even know your name will live with their family member because you fought. And and that day might That's be right. here because they're, they're handing out guardianships to the family and not the professionals. And I think they're nervous up there in the land of autos. Yep. Yeah. Yep, so, there you yeah. go. Yeah. And that's girls, for all of us. Somebody... 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Marty, oh it was goodness. wonderful to be here. Wonderful to be here. Thanks yeah, for having me. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you were on. Thank you, Marcia. Yeah, we yeah, got to do it this. It was again. fun. Old times, we, you know? It was. Yes, there you go. <laughs> we need to do this more often. And uh, We can. Everybody, we can. Thank you. you. Let's do it. Good. Thank, um, thank you. Okay. Take care, everybody. Thank right. you, everybody in the audience, right. too. Bye-bye. Yes. We had a huge crowd. Thanks, everybody. And we will be back uh, tomorrow night. Whistleblowers and Sheila White will be on with us. We'll talk to you all then. Have a good evening, everybody. Thanks, Cos, and good night. Thank you. Good night.